everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of the Playwood Podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week, and I am joined, as always, by my amazing, awesome, superb co-host, Karen. How are you doing there, good sir? Over here with the Batman shirt. Are you, are you like, did you, are you like going to be the replacement for the main star of the Gotham Knights TV show? That looks terrible, by the way. Um, are you going to be like filling in for him as like Bruce Wayne's son? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Uh, I can confirm that for, you know, people who are excited for that show. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not in it. I don't know. You're not in it, but do you have anything no. to do with the Gotham Knights game then? Uh, Wearing a Batman shirt, so I'm assuming you're on the team in some way, shape, or form. That that is uh, to be revealed. So you can't reveal that information right now. Why not? No, no, when are we going to find out then? When are we going to find out? Uh, October 28th, when that game comes out, I think. <laughs> so the day the game comes out is when you <laughs> yeah. will confirm or deny any involvement in it. Yes. That's a exactly. look at the credits. Is Karen's name in here? Do I see his name? Do I see? It? I, no, <laughs> no, not wrong, Karen. Wrong, Karen. <laughs> gonna hit you up you lied to me why yeah. didn't you just tell me the truth i I, I haven't lied i just i just said i can't confirm or deny it I, I was gonna say don't make me end up like christian bale's batman when he was interrogating joker but from what i've heard um <laughs> bat and sin could be far worse so don't make oh. me go full bat and sin on you okay mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we have fun here we have fun here but how are you doing good sir yeah i'm doing good you know a uh, busy week doing like renovation stuff like my father's house so Ooh. that was fun. But other than that, I haven't really done much. Hard physical labor. That's always, you know, a yep. fun thing to do. But, you know, it gives you exercise, gets you strength, gets you, and it also helps like time go by when yeah. you think about it. It could be fun. Yeah, it could be no. fun and also kind of like relaxing, I think, like help clear the mind kind of sort of sometimes. A little bit, yeah. Well, nice. Yeah, yeah d- d- destroying walls with a sledgehammer really does wonders for your for your mental self. Yeah. Like, that person didn't push the point. <laughs> Why didn't they push the point? <laughs> Sombra, stop hacking me. <laughs> oh, man. Make me want to play Overwatch right now. We'll be talking about Overwatch, though. It's so yeah. much more in this episode of the Play One Podcast, a show where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through in depth discussion. Of course, if you are on podcast services right now, uh, make sure you subscribe to us over there on podcast services. It helps us out a lot. Leave us those five-star reviews uh, because we think the show is a great show. We have a lot of fun here. We hope you guys enjoy listening to us. And remember, if you are on YouTube as well, subscribe there, hit the notification bell, um, and also leave a like. Leave, the, leave that like, leave the, um, those comments as well. All that stuff helps us out quite a bit. It's all very much appreciated as well. With all that being said, though, this episode, we have not a lot to talk about, like, topic-wise, but at the same time, there's a lot to talk about with those topics, in a sense. Yeah. It's, if you get what I mean, you get what I mean. This week, we'll be talking about the Final Fantasy VII anniversary event that happened, where we got some big announcements from it, big, big announcements from it, very exciting stuff. We'll be talking about the Overwatch 2 event that happened this week, where um, Blizzard kind of, like, pulled back the curtain a whole lot more yeah. on the game and what we can expect from it um, this coming fall. Then we'll briefly talk about Capcom's showcase where not much big was announced there, but we got some stuff to talk about from it and more. But first, before we about talk about any of that stuff, I want to check in on Starfield for both of us. It's been about a week since Xbox's showcase happened. Uh, well, yeah, about a week. The showcase is on Sunday. It's Saturday when we're recording right now, so nearly a week. 
Um, and we recorded that last episode. We were like fresh off it. We recorded it 30 minutes after. So like, like our real initial impressions of what we saw. Yeah. A week later, I want to check and see how we're feeling on it. Are we feeling a bit higher on it? Are we feeling the same? Has our excitement or hype gone down a bit? Um, where, where are we? So Karen, where are you with Starfield right now? I mean, kind of unchanged from last week. Like I'm still really excited for it, but my concerns that I had are like, I think even a little bit more prominent since like they did go into detail about um, like some like procedurally generated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that like I I don't hate it in No Man's Sky, but there isn't really a whole lot to do on many of the planets, so it kind yeah. of just seems a little bit like fluff or like filler to make your game bigger to me. So I'll I'll be interested interested to see how they handle that. But other than that, kind of unchanged on it. Not um not like super unhappy that you can't land on planets yourself, but. I mean, like, it doesn't really bother me that much, so... Yeah. Yeah, see, I, for a majority of the week, I was unchanged, um, but that was because I hadn't gone back to watch the the gameplay reveal again, and I had been meaning to, and I just didn't get a chance to, and so I think it was... It might have been Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I finally got a chance to, you know, sit down and re-watch the gameplay reveal, you know, not compressed stream or anything like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like clear hd picture and all like that just sit there and watch it and not have to like take notes down or anything and re-watching that start to finish i i think that i ended up getting a bit more hyped not like drastically more hyped but i ended up a bit more excited after watching it than i was initially and i think that the excitement parts for it started at least for me, yet again, kind of kicking at the same point as they did before last time, which was once we got to, I believe, once they get to New Atlantis in the trailer, and then you start seeing mm. stuff there, and then they yeah. start talking about that story stuff, and then um, other things in the world, like the like other stuff you can do on planets. I think that's where watching it, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so cool and so awesome. I think that's where it started to kick in for me some more. But even the beginning stuff where you're on uh, Crete and you like they're doing yeah. the scanning and doing a bit of the fighting, even watching that back, I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Just like, you know, just scanning stuff I see on a planet, scanning creatures or scanning foliage or whatever, like fauna and flora and everything, and just getting myself immersed in these planets. I think that was like, it was getting me a bit more hyped. And we got some updates on the game this week through IGN interviews and, um, tweets that got posted out of and all so i want to drop some of those little tidbits in here we'll briefly talk about those as well and like it's like part of our check-in on skyrim and everything uh so we did kind of wonder this before or at least i wondered it when we first saw the trailer of oh are we going to have the first parts of conversations like back in fallout 3 and skyrim i mean not skyrim um, oblivion like uh and also like outer worlds how they have those zoom in first parts of conversations we are start we have a silent protagonist in starfield um, going back to that after we had a voice protagonist of Fallout 4 and the conversations will be first person face-to-face ones um, which I know a lot of people are actually very happy about because I know there was a very yep. uh, strong contingent of people that weren't a fan of the voice acting or the voice the voiced protagonist in Fallout 4 um, for a myriad of reasons um, 
So I know a lot of people are happy that Starfield will have a side of protagonist again. I go either which way. It's fine with me, but yeah. grabbed a little bit of information. And then IGN did an interview with Todd Howard. I believe it was Brian McCaffrey who did the interview with Todd Howard um, about Starfield. And we got a host of uh, little details from it. So one, Starfield has more handcrafted content than any other Bethesda game. And they kind of uh, referenced that there are over 200,000 lines of dialogue in the game. So any worries about, you know, there being, you know, any worries about there not being that much handcrafted, like tailored content by Bethesda. There's going to be plenty of it here in this game. Yeah. Um, in regards to the um, concerns around the scope and the amount of planets, and this kind of goes to what you were talking about, Kieran. Yeah. Um, Todd Howard did say that the game's procedural generation has enough variety to like generate uh, the number of planets that they're talking about. So, you know, they're saying like, hey, they're we our procedural stuff like don't worry it's not, you're you might come across some repeats and all but like we we can generate like a nice variety of places for you to go to and everything like that um going hand in hand with that i believe it's where did i put it i think i put it down in here somewhere i don't oh no i didn't put it down in here somewhere but it was because it was a quote specific quote um that todd howard said in regards to the handcrafted content and the procedural um, generation, everything. So I'm going to pull it up right here. Uh, where is it? Scrolling down just a tad. I just interject tad while more. you look up. Um, go ahead. So my like, my problem isn't with the like the procedural generation having enough of variety to create the number of planets that they said. My problem with it is what am I going to do on those planets? Like, I, like mm-hmm. I, my problem with No Man's Sky is, so, like, when they were talking in the initial reveal about, like, you know, you'll have, like, ice giants that are heavy, that are, like, heavy resource-based, and you'll have Goldilocks planets, stuff like that. My problem with No Man's Sky is, like, every planet is pretty much a, like, resource-heavy planet, where you're really just going there to mine a, to mine a resource you need to find. So my my want for this is that it also manages to put in like something to do other than resources in a lot of these planets, because having a thousand planets that's just, Hey, go and mine this resource again, feels a little bit like filler to me. Yeah. And I think um, Todd Howard speaks a bit towards that in this quote here, he says, quote, we're also careful to let you know that's what uh, that procedural content is. So if you look at space, you know, there are a lot of ice balls in space. So that was one of our big decide considerations on the game is what's fun about an ice ball. And it's okay sometimes if ice balls aren't, it is what it is. We'd rather have them and say yes to you. Hey, you can land on this. Here are the resources. You can survey it. And then you can land and spend 10 minutes there and be like, okay, now I'm going to leave and go back to the other planet that has all this other content on it. And I'm going to follow this quest line. So we're pretty careful about saying, here's where the fun is. Here's this kind of content but still say yes to the player and you want to go land on that weird planet, check it out and build an outpost and live your life there and watch the sunset because you like the view of the moons there, go for it. We love that stuff, end quote. And that he was saying that in regards to their philosophy about saying yes to the player in regards to, can I do this? Can I do that? Sure, you can do it. Sure, you can do this. Sure, you can do that. Like if it, um, if it adds to the player experience in any way, shape or form. And I feel like this, I completely understand what you were saying in regards to 
the just going to a resource a planet just getting resources having it feel like filler and all but i also i still feel like again it'll come down to how that core gameplay loop feels like how i talked about and if it feels good just like how i mentioned in skyrim it just i just for me it's just fun to go into a cave and slaughter the draugr and the skeletons and the goblins or whatever you know dozens and dozens of times and all these caves are like functionally similar to each other even if i don't get much from it like it's still enjoyable to do so i feel like like i said here this he kind of speaks towards it he acknowledges like yeah like some of these are just going to be resource places it is totally fine some of these plants will just be a bland looking ice place and that's totally fine if you just you, you go yeah. there you see it's like that and you're out if, or if you want to like really get immersed and like live a life there so i i like that idea and at least in my perspective i'm i'm down with it um few of the little tidbits here from skyrim that i mean not from skyrim from starfield um, that we got from this interview <laughs> let's talk about skyrim this game's been out for so long the main quest line is about 20% longer than past games, clocking in at about 30 to 40 hours. This is not including like doing any side content. That's just golden path main quest yeah. line right there. Uh, they reiterate that there are, quote, step out moments in the game. They talked about this before, but just reiterating it. There are four major cities in Starfield to explore, with New Atlantis being the biggest city Bethesda has ever built for one of their games. New Atlantis is the main city that we saw um, in the gameplay reveal that's where constellation is set up and everything like that uh and in the interview they talk about how like new atlantis uh that planet of oh god i'm blanking on the name of the planet but the city of new atlantis that's where like a lot of quest lines start and finish and take place there um so you're gonna be spending a lot of time there in new atlantis um they also spoke about uh, like how you mentioned before, how you're not able to seamlessly fly between a planet's surface and space. Similar, you like you could do that in No Man's Sky. You can land your planet, you can land your ship on the surface, and then take off and then fly yourself. You like you yourself physically fly the ship out into space. You're not able to do it in Sky um, Starfield. About to call Skyrim again because the team basically decided that you know it's not crucial to the player experience. They'd rather focus on making the on the planet experience its own thing and the in space experience its own thing and making them both the best they can be, which I totally agree, totally understand with. Um, while you're in space, though, you are able to dock and board other ships, you can steal them, and you are able to visit star stations and partake in smuggling, which is all very exciting. Um, and then the last bit of stuff that came out of this interview is that Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production and Fallout 5 will come after that. So do not expect Fallout 5 for at least, let's say 10 years. <laughs> in my yeah. head, I think 10 is a good, good amount of number weights, a number oh, good amount of gears away to wait. Yeah, so I I don't think we're getting Fallout 5 until probably 2030. I'm I'm gonna say 2033 or 34 at the earliest, right? But I think 34 at the latest. Because I'm thinking this comes out next year, right? And then Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production. I imagine Elder Scrolls 6 should hopefully be out by like 2038. I mean, not 2038, 2028, right? <laughs> I would hope it would be up in 2038. <laughs> by 2028, right? Yeah. I imagine it gets like about four, four or five years at most after Starfield. Fallout 5, I imagine the same thing. So yeah. 2033... At the latest, 2023, 2034 would be crazy. I don't know. But my I was actually talking about this with some of my friends while I was playing with Sea of Thieves, is that, yes, we're not getting Fallout 5 for, let's say, a decade. But 
I don't think they're going to want to leave the Fallout franchise on the shelf for a decade. Yeah, no. And they and they have like Obsidian under Microsoft Game Studios as well as like a number of other studios that could do a Fallout game. So I'm sure we are at some point we are going to get like a Fallout New Vegas 2 or a Fallout Atlantic City or something, right? Yeah. A Fallout Atlantic City, that would be crazy. I don't know. I would that would be funny because I've been to Atlantic City before. It, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? Let's do it. Give me Fallout Atlantic City. Let's, let's yeah. do that. Please and thank you. Yeah. Um, my, my my point being that we are probably going to get a Fallout game of some genre in the next decade. Oh yeah, almost certainly. Like I I when I post when I talked about this on Twitter, um, someone has said, Oh, what if uh they give Fallout 5 to Obsidian? And I'm like I mean, it's no. possible. I'm like, I'm like, it's possible, but like, that's contingent on one. If Obsidian would want to do that, and I imagine yeah. they would rather like do their own thing in the Fallout universe. That's like, does it come with the baggage of a numbered title? And also, yeah. but does the game studios likes to hold on to their like mainline entries in their mm-hmm. series? So like, I doubt. But does the game studios want to give Fallout Five to someone else? So like. I'm I'm sure like some other studio will do some other Fallout related stuff. Probably Obsidian. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting a Fallout Online. Like I guess you could say 76 is like that for Fallout, but not really. So maybe we'll get a Fallout yeah. Online. You know, I'm surprised we haven't gotten it yet. So who knows? But yeah, you have any other little um anything else to say about Starfield before we jump um, on out of it? I, I will say that like my my excitement for it has has grown like a little bit because like you I went back and watched the um like game preview in in 4K and like the uncompressed like non-stream version and I was like the stream absolutely did not do this game justice like it right. like when you watch it back afterwards it looks so much better than it did on the stream which uh-huh. again like I've talked about this before it's like you should do that for any game you were interested in after watching a showcase because it is going to look much better in the uncompressed version sure. but um yeah I, like I was watching it and I'm like like again it doesn't like blow me away visually but it's definitely a lot more impressive to me than it was during the stream yeah yeah that that was one of my takeaways too um I'm very excited for this game knowing we can dock and board other ships steal them Go to star stations, <laughs> yeah. smuggle. Ooh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the people who like live out their inner Han Solo in this. Yeah. Like, it's gonna, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, the game um, lands and like manages to hit all their goals and targets because there's a there's a lot a lot of potential here. I'm very excited yeah. for it. You got a final um, thing to say? I, I was just gonna wonder. I'm wondering how long it'll take someone to make like a Megazord ship where they dock so many ships together. And then create this like space robot. I wonder if you can do that. I wonder what the that'd be awesome. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see at the very <laughs> least. Ah, 2023. It's gonna be a fun time. Fun time indeed. Um now speaking of 2023, Final Fantasy 7. Square Enix had a 25th anniversary event, 10 minutes long. Nice breezy 10 minutes. Uh I wish more people would do this, actually. If you only have, like, one or two big announcements, just bam, bam, 10 minutes, we in and out. Um, so they kicked this thing off first by saying, hey, Remake Intergrade is coming to Steam. It's no longer Epic Game Store exclusive. It's coming to Steam. It is out on Steam now. Came to Steam on the 17th. And it is also compatible with the Steam Deck. So you can play it nice. on the go. That's awesome. That's cool. 
Um, Sever Remake Integrate, still not coming to Xbox. <laughs> still yeah. just PlayStation and PC. Yeah, I, I at this point, I've kind of given up hope for Seven Remake coming to Xbox because, like, yeah, like it. Sony's exclusivity ended a, ended after a year, and that game came out in like April of 2020, I think. Unless like there's like more exclusivity behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah, maybe, but um, because the the yeah. exclusivity continued, it got renewed for Integrate for like another year or something or whatever, like another year or six months or something. So like. At, I mean, like at this point, who knows if it will ever come to Xbox. If it does, it'll probably be like a little bit more longer out. Um, I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket though. Yeah, at this point, neither would I. Yeah. So start off with that announcement. And then we got some mobile game updates. First off, they show the season three trailer for the first soldier, which is their battle royale. We've seen this trailer already, but they just showed it again. Um I did I all, I forgot to mention they also showed off some, like some merchandise and like some new um, figures you can buy some new music stuff that you could buy cool stuff um, and then we saw a new trailer for Ever Crisis which is their which is like their mobile game which is essentially taking everything that was released as part of the Final Fantasy VII compilation and putting it into one continuous free to play I believe free to play mobile game which mm. visually is set to look more like the original Final Fantasy VII with like its more isometric perspective in terms of roaming the world, the way okay. cutscenes are framed and everything like that. It's set to look more like that. And I think the, even the battle system, it's more like the original. Um, but when you're in combat, the character models, they look more like the several remake versions of the characters, mm. um, which is cool. So... Uh, in this trailer, we saw some shots from Crisis Core, which is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII. And then there were um, some Final Fantasy VII scenes in there as well. Some shots from the Midgar section, some shots from after the Midgar section were in this trailer. Um, it also revealed that the characters, you can get like different costumes for the characters. So we saw like Cloud and what looked like a samurai type outfit. Uh, Tifa, I forgot what Tifa was in. She was in a different outfit. Uh, it was more like a sporty type outfit like a casual sporty type outfit. And like Aerith was in like a wedding looking type dress, um, very mm -hmm. reminiscent of Yuna's wedding dress. And then uh, the end of the trailer, it showed Sephiroth and like kind of flash between the Sephiroth we know and what appears to be like a younger version of Sephiroth. Very interesting, very weird. I wonder what they're teasing with that. Uh, but this, they said, hey, close beta this year for iOS and Android. Cool stuff. I might play it just because I've never played... I never played Crisis Core. We'll get to that in a bit, uh, in a moment, actually. Um, but I mean, as long as the gameplay and the free to play isn't too like egregious, I might actually play this because you know I, I liked the OG versions of the OG version of Final Fantasy VII, the way it looked and played and everything. So it'd be cool to have like a more, um, what's the word? A more. Uh, there's a certain word I'm looking for that basically means like it's more true, a more true um, remake or retelling of Final Fantasy VII, I guess you could say. Uh, but that looked cool. And I know you have nothing to say about it. Just look at the face. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. okay. <laughs> um, so, cool. but then we get to the actual two big announcements of the show. The first one being, depending on who you ask, arguably the biggest announcement of this event. That being that Crisis Core is being remastered slash remade. 
I'm going to say just a heavily, a very strong remastering of Crisis Core is being made. Um, it is coming this winter to all platforms, PlayStation, Switch, Xbox, and PC. It's called mm-hmm. Crisis Core Reunion. Um, for those who do not know, like I said before, Crisis Core originally released on the PSP back in the day. It is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII. And you play as a, another soldier named Zack, who has different who has different relationships with uh, relationship ties with Cloud, with Aerith, with Sephiroth, uh, and with other characters that were introduced and created for Crisis Core. Um, and that game kind of does it doesn't directly lead us to seven, but like it it sets the stage for Final Fantasy VII's story. Um, if you've played Final Fantasy VII, you know what I mean. If you've played Seven Remake, you will have seen shots from Seven. You will have seen like part of Crisis Core in Seven Remake, um, and you will understand why this is like kind of a big deal. Um, it's it's a big deal because one, again, this is a game people have wanted to remake or remaster for a very long time, and now it's actually happening. But two. Based off of Seven Remake's ending, it seems like they might, depending on what they want to do with this Crisis Core remaster, they might alter things with Crisis Core Reunion to better tie in with Seven Remake. It's okay. they might potentially do that, or they might just this might just be a straight up remaster, not change the story or anything like that. Just keep it as it is, put it out there that way people know Zach's story. Because Zack is very important to Final Fantasy VII. And okay. he's going to be very important to Seven Remake based off the ending of Seven Remake. Oh, is this just occurred to me? Is Zack the guy that I thought uh, was Sephiroth that Aerith was talking about? Yeah, and I clarified it for you. That no, yeah. he's that okay. yeah, no. That's who Zack is. Um okay. so I'm very excited about this. I've never played Crisis Core, I want to play it. People on the internet losing their minds over this. They're like, Zach Fair supremacy. <laughs> yes, we're getting the game again. We're finally getting it back. Karen, you know, you're, you are a Final Fantasy noob, essentially. Yep. Um, but just based off what I've told you at all, are you interested in Crisis Core? You, and I can also say, you can watch this trailer without having finished Seven Remake. So, like, you should definitely okay. check it out. Um, but, yeah, does, are you, does this sound interesting to you? It does, yeah. I mean, like, I'm. I never thought I'd like, like, I'd like Final Fantasy because I'm, I'm not a JRPG person usually. But uh-huh. I'm really enjoying Seven Remake when I get back to finishing it. You so- need to finish it. Like people, <laughs> like, listeners. I just want to say real quick. I'm very angry at Karen actually because I told him <laughs> weeks ago, dude, you need to finish Seven Remake because this summer, like, Square Enix is all but certainly going to like announce or tease something for Seven Remake Part Two. They're going to. So you need to finish this game before that happens and he said okay okay i will i will and then what is he going to do he plays like five to seven other games entirely that like are not seven remake and i'm like hey finish seven remake finish seven remake last week came and i told him hey this event they just announced this thing something is going to be there you need to finish the game he said okay okay what happened he didn't finish it just, just like as a spoiler for what we've been playing, he did not finish Seven Remake. He didn't play it this week. He played oh. one other game. Um, so I'm very mad at him 
very, very mad at him because I cannot get like as in depth into the <laughs> into the announcement as I want to because he didn't finish his game. I I'll try my best though. But continue. I'm sorry. I just need to go on that tangent real quick. You're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> I I am interested in it. I will I will probably pick this up when it comes out. Um, probably for PS5 just because that's where I've got Seven Remake. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna be getting it for sure on PlayStation. Um, the game looks great visually. Like some people have posted side by side shots, and like, it's obviously a PSP game remastered for PS4, PS5. It's gonna yeah. look like a step up, but like it's definitely a major step up for sure. And like some of the models look almost like not seven remake quality, like not up to that pedigree, but like pretty close to seven remake quality in terms of their models. Um, and I also don't know if they're using all the new voice actors from seven remake, but Eric's voice actor for Crisis Core Reunion is the new Eric's voice actor for seven remake. It's a uh, Brianna White. Zach's voice actor is the new voice actor that they brought in for him in the few cutscenes we have of him in Seven Remake. Um, I think Sephiroth's voice actor is different. I'm not sure if we heard him talk in the trailer. I think we did. I think they might have the new voice actor for Sephiroth. Um, but it looks cool. It looks really awesome. I'm excited to get it. I will definitely be picking this up um, as soon as it comes out. So now the other huge announcement from this Final Fantasy VII event the announcement of part two of this remake project. We can no longer call it Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. It is now called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That is the name of this new project, the next installment in the remake project. We got a short teaser for it. The, the teaser, we saw what seemingly looked like in-game footage of Cloud and Sephiroth walking through an, um, an outdoor environment. Uh, and then there was, other than that, there were like real quick shots and narration between like Cloud and Aerith and Tifa teasing the implications of Seven Remake's ending. Um, continuing to tease that things may not be what they think they are going to be. Um, and it, we got no further clarification on it. They're just like, Hey, here's this little tidbit. Here's this little tidbit. Here's this little tidbit. And it's like, what does this all mean? What does this all mean? Um, we also got confirmation. The absolute wildest part of this entire thing that I still cannot get over and I still find very hard to believe is that Seven Rebirth is supposed to be releasing winter 2023. Winter 2023 karen do you believe this um it's earlier than i thought it would be for sure but yes. i don't know i i have hope they'll be able to meet that that window uh maybe i'll have finished seven remake by then um you better have. <laughs> um yeah i mean like i I'm kind of torn on it because like, I can believe it's coming out that soon because I imagine they've been working on it for a while. But at the same time, I don't think it'll be out that soon because they would want to take more time with it. Right. And it's like, I I can like, when when we had this whole conversation um, after like this, with, the, with the leak that happened, right? Yeah. Um, not the leak that happened. After Kingdom Hearts 4 came out. Yeah. They're like, all right, Kingdom Hearts 4, 7 Remake Part 2, Final Fantasy 9 Remake. Big projects from them. 
When are they each coming out? And I said Kingdom Hearts 4 is 2024 at the earliest, maybe 2025. And like either that or um, Sever Remake. One of those would be 2024, the other is 2025, right? Like when I was saying that, I always thought in the back of my mind that like Seven Rebirth, I'll say for the case, for the sake of this now for clarity, I always thought the Seven Rebirth had like a slim chance of being 2023 at the earliest, but like if it was, it would be the end of 2023. And even then I was like, I don't think so. Like that seems a bit too soon. And then we got 16's announcement of summer 2023. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, no, it's not going to be there. Like six, yeah. 2023 is going to be all about 16, but no, they said winter 2023, which means that they are saying, they're kind of saying December for this game, or they're saying like, well, no, the, yeah, they've got to be saying December for this game. And that is coming months after 16 which is absolutely wild to me. And I want to read um, a post here from the from some of the creators of the game, right? The Final Fantasy, that the Final Fantasy Seven page posted. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me see. I'm looking for a specific quote from Tetsuya Nomura, who's the creative director on the remake project. Um, he said here, I'm going to read it from here. He said, quote, uh, the development of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has been progressing rapidly since we adopted a new development structure. A title of this scale in which everything is interconnected even before production began is truly rare. In fact, some development has already started on the third title because this remake project will be a total of three parts. Uh, I myself have started on the development and am working towards the completion of the series." End quote. So one, wow, this game was farther along than we ever thought it was. Clearly, very clearly it was. Um, Makes me wonder when it's coming out. And it also throws into question the rest of like their slate. When is like now at this point, Kingdom Hearts 4 could easily be a 2024 release. Like if this development is moving along pretty rapidly, Kingdom Hearts 4 could very well be like a 2024 release. Um, Confidently. Nine remake. Who knows when nine remake will come out? Um, if it is a, like a full on remake, and part of me wonders, like, if nine remake is a thing, what if they decide to be like, you know what, twenty twenty three is going to be the year of Final Fantasy, nine remake in the first half, sixteen in the summer, seven remake in the winter. That would be insane, insane. Yeah, sorry, I'm putting together a little list right now. Of what? Uh, of games releasing next year. This is the next one of the conversation I want to get into after we talked about Final Fantasy VII a bit. Um, I do want to say real quick, so the the footage that we saw, like I said, it was seemingly in-game footage, and I say seemingly because it was, again, one of those things where like the camera, the camera and the characters are moving like, so perfectly and smoothly that it seems like too good to actually be like actual in-game footage like it seems like it was probably like really staged planned out um but regardless um what we saw looked great and that shot of sephiroth and cloud walking through an outdoor environment um 
what I will say without spoiling anything is that what I will say without trying to spoil anything is that that sequence is going if things play out the way that they that they should play out that sequence will probably be an early game sequence in the game that gives us a lot of backstory on who Sephiroth is. That's what I will yeah. say without really spoiling any, without trying to spoil anything about the game. Uh, I'm very excited for that sequence. We saw glimpses of it in Seven Remake, but this next game is definitely the one where we get like the Sephiroth blowout on who he is and everything. And that sequence right there is like the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I can't comment on it because one, I haven't watched the trailer. Two, I haven't finished Seven Remake Part 1. So... Like I, I will say that I am very happy we got this announcement. Um, I'm very excited for getting part two for when I do finish part one. So I'm 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 pretty hyped by this. Yeah. Did you expect it to be three parts? Because I always did. And I mean, I guess it's a tougher for you because you never yeah. played the original seven, so you don't have a frame of reference for how long the actual game is and all. Yeah, that that's that's what I was a way to say. It's just like I, I didn't really have any indication of like how long this was gonna be, whether it was gonna be two three four five parts whatever it was going to be because i haven't played any other final fantasy and so i don't know one typically how long a final fantasy story is or two how long or how in-depth seven story is to require however many parts got it well the original seven it was about 30 to 40 hours i think that's how long it took me to get through it um and like like we said before like the midgar section of the original game is anywhere from five to eight hours of the original game it does not take that long to get through it and it's like it's just like a small portion of the original game so having that blown out into a full 30 hour experience had a lot of people wondering once we get past midgar and we're in the rest of the world like how is that how is that like how in depth and expanded is that going to be? And how long is this project going to take? Because there's still a whole lot of story stuff and a whole lot of characters yeah. we have yet to meet and experience. And like, so it brings up the question of what's gonna have to get cut, what's gonna be relegated to DLC, so on and so forth. Um, so I was always of the mindset that three parts just made the most sense because if not, then we're gonna be on this project for such a long time, it would take forever. Uh, so now that we know part two is supposed to be coming next year, I wouldn't be surprised if part three comes out 2026, 2027, and then like yeah. we're done because they don't want this to be taking forever and drag on for so long. Like no. many were hoping, like many were worried and fearing that it was going to. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I, I, I think I've done my list for right now but yeah i'm i'm also very excited for this just off based based off the fact that like again seven remake is the first final fantasy game i've ever played and i am really really enjoying it so i'm really excited for part two or rebirth i guess i should start saying yeah and like as someone who played the original and it really enjoyed seven remake and what the story did i am again i we have to wait and see what they do with the story in Rebirth in terms of where they take things. I'm trying to say all this without spoiling anything for you. Where they take things is going to be very interesting and will really determine like how much I continue to like it 
but I think I'm going to be on board with what they're doing and whatever they choose to do. And I will say that this title, the title for this game and the title for remake make a whole lot of sense. Like it's always made sense, but like this title right here that they're, that they're using rebirth instead of like remake part two really allows you to reframe and re-reference like having a whole different perspective on the title of remake for final fantasy 7 remake again i cannot clarify without spoiling the end of that game for you <laughs> um but it's very exciting now this gets into real quickly what you were making here this list of yep. big games coming next year because it 2023 will potentially be one of the best years for gaming ever at this point what do you have listed so far? So I've I've thirteen on this list. Um, twelve of twelve of them have been like announced to be twenty twenty three. One of yeah. them is like very heavily rumored, but I thought I would throw it in here because it is very heavily rumored to be out next year. Okay. So I have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, yes. Final Fantasy sixteen, yes. Starfield, Redfall, Breath of the Wild two. Uh-huh. The one I, the one that isn't confirmed is avowed, but that has been heavily rumored for next year. So I I would drop it for now. Drop it for now. Let's go confirmed. Okay. Well, we'll go twelve games then. So taking out uh, avowed, your Breath of the Wild two, Diablo four, Spider Man two, Jedi Survivor, Suicide Squad, RE four remake, Dead Space, and Street Fighter six. That That's is th- that is potentially a huge triple a release every month of the year exactly and we already know final fantasy 16 is the summer rebirth supposed to be winter yep dead space is january starfield and redfall are the first six months street fighter they they just said early 2023 i think right something like that so i know re4 remake is march, it's march. re4 remakes march Diablo 4, they did not put a, a season on, right? They just said no, next year, right? Yeah, they just said 2023, but one would assume by June. Exactly, because it was in the showcase. So that's yeah. by June, barring any delays. Yep. Suicide Squad, we... Did they say... They said spring, right? I think, I think they just recently delayed this to spring 2023. So that's spring. Breath of the Wild 2, you would imagine that's our first half of 2023 game as well. Um, Spider-Man will probably be a summer game. I get the feeling Spider-Man is a summer game. I don't think it's going to be a spring or first half game, but it could be. You never know. According to uh, the internet where I just looked, it says Q1, Q2, 2023 for Suicide Squad. Yeah, so first half. I could have swore they said spring. I thought they said that in the, like their announcement. Oh, sorry, no. Yep, yep. Yeah, spring, spring oh. 2023. Okay, I'm not crazy because I remember seeing those words. So like the first half, like just based off what we know, the first half of next year is actually wild. Yeah. And then that's that's just what we know of. That's not taking into account the games we don't know of for next year. Yeah, because like like again, this is just a list of like some of the biggest games that are planned to release next year. Like there are more than this, and then there are also like however many of your like highly anticipated but not necessarily triple a games like mm-hmm. like hollow knight silk song right like that is right. that is presumably in the next 12 months is a very very highly anticipated game by a lot of people and is releasing most likely first half of 2023 and what's even more crazy to think about is the fact that about half of those games that you listed could be game of the year contenders 
Yeah. 16, Rebirth, Starfield, Breath of the Wild. Um, Spider-Man could be one as well. Yep. Spider- the first one was a guard- guard- Game of the Year contender. Maybe Remake for, for-, for um, Resident Evil. Maybe that could be a Game of the Year contender, yeah, depending on who you want to ask, depending on how it shakes out too. Like Diablo, maybe it could be a Game of the Year contender. Yeah, I don't think Redfall would be. I did, I did the door. <laughs> Street Fighter, maybe. Again, depending on who you ask. That'd be a more niche one, but depending on who you ask, yeah. it could be. Like, so many games next year. Game the, It's going to be insane. It's going to be a crazy year, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it, but also dreading it, because our yeah. wallets are going to be just like, they're going to see us reaching for them. We're like, no, no, please, no. <laughs> yeah. Save me. Um, spare me. Uh, yeah, and Microsoft, please uh, maybe open your wallet a bit more and get, like, all... all all of these games that you count on Game Pass. That'd be crazy. That'd be insane. <laughs> oh man, big times, big times ahead of us. Huge year ahead of us. It's it's going to be absolutely yep. wild. Now we're going to shift gears over to Overwatch Two because we got a nice event for this, and I didn't watch the whole of it. The whole event's like four hours long. I did not tune into it at all. No. I checked in really to um, some of the videos they posted after, just right there. Uh, their over the game overview trailer video that they put out. They put out a video talking about like their season, their vision for the seasons and everything like that. Um, and then they put out another video. I think it was just the uh, the origin trailer for Bunker Queen. Checked out each of these things. Game's looking really awesome. We're gonna start with the origin trailer for Bunker Queen because um, I think it's just a, a fine jumping off point right there. Just real yeah. quickly, um, what did you think of the trailer? You're the bigger Overwatch person here than I am. Uh, what did you think of it? I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I, I honestly think it was one of their better origin trailers that they've made. Um, gave us like a nice look of like both Bunker Queen's background as to how uh-huh. she got to the place in the origin trailer and um, and her abilities. Like uh, we mentioned, I think, in the um, recap of the Xbox showcase that she has uh, a shotgun and an axe and then some form of like telekinetic powers where she can like pull like pull her axe back to her and her well, it's not even it's not even telekinetic it's more like magnetic like she uses the gauntlet oh, that she sorry, has on yeah. her arm and like it's just a magnet in there and it just anything that's you know metal could be brought back to her but it seems like yeah. she maybe she has one specifically maybe she has like a setting in that specifically for the axe because not every time did every magnetic thing come to yeah. her so it was cool yeah um so I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I also really enjoyed the the cameo by Junker uh, Junkrat. I'm just gonna call him Junker Rat for a second. <laughs> uh, really enjoyed the Junkrat cameo. <laughs> yeah, woohoo, the Junk Queen, Junk yeah. Queen. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a really good trailer actually. I, like I said, I thought it was one of the better ones. I'm realizing now in the doc I have Bunker Queen when it should be Junker Queen, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how I made that mistake. <laughs> don't know how I did it all. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that trailer too. I've like I've not seen all of their origin trailers that they've put out or like all of their shorts that they've put out for the game. Um, I've seen which ones I've seen like a snippet of the Genji versus Han, um, Hanzo one, <laughs> which uh, I, I, I know is arguably like their best one apparently. Yeah, no, like uh, that is that is my favorite one by far. I think that's the best one I've ever done. Uh, so much so that uh, while I'm watching it, I can turn off the sound and narrate it. Wow. <laughs> I've watched dedication. that so many times. Yeah, uh, I, so I've seen a bit of that one. I feel like I might have seen 
maybe one or two others. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Like you don't have to put it in front of me and play it for a bit for me to tell you if I saw it or not. Um, but no, I thought it was a good trailer. Like you said, nice backstory on her, mm-hmm. gave us like a nice idea of the type of person she is and her abilities, like what they could potentially be like in game and all. Yeah. So we get to the actual game and they gave, we got a, a like a seven minute game overview video and then like about same similar length, like seasonal vision overview video. Let's do the game overview first. Cause I think it gives us a nice look at the game as a whole. And then we'll get into mm-hmm. like what the seasons will be and everything. So what is Overwatch 2 as a whole? It's going to be an always on live service game with a new seasonal model. No more, just like you don't have to pay for it. Um, it's free to play. We're doing seasons just like every other game out there these days. Their plan is to release a hero every other season with a new map in between. Skins and other cosmetics, such as charms and banners, will also come with each season. There are no loot boxes in this game. That's a huge thing because yeah. that's the loot boxes are kind of what made Overwatch, they're not what made Overwatch unique. But they were they played a heavy factor in yeah. um, over and making Overwatch what it is. Just like I guess you could even say they kind of like arguably popularized loot boxes and made them mainstream. Yeah, like, I, would I say think that. you can make that you can make that statement and not totally be wrong on it. Um, so they're not going to be in Overwatch two. They are being replaced with a battle pass and an in game store. Um, there will be two more supports added to the game and another tank just in the first couple seasons. And they have, uh, they are also working on characters that are at least like a year to a year and a half out from release. So like at this point, they're working on characters that won't be releasing until anywhere from June to December of 2023 at this point in time, yeah. which is cool. And they did say that some of these are characters we've seen glimpses of. Some of them are ones we've never seen or heard of, um, and they kind of said that Overwatch 2 in the game, that there will always be something to do and always something to work towards with this new seasonal model that they are adopting. With all of that right there, it's like a base level for Overwatch 2. How excited are you? Are you liking what you're hearing here? Does this get you excited? Does this make you a bit trepidatious? Are you going, hmm, you said a lot in the past, past Blizzard, I'll wait and see. Um, where are you with it right now? Just going off this base level overview of the game. So I'm 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 really excited that they're adding so many new characters because before you got like a new character, not that frequently. Like I, I think it was over a year between new characters. If I'm right, that might be wrong. I don't know. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. But um, but you really didn't get new characters all that frequently. So I'm I'm really happy that they're adding in new characters a lot more frequently than they were. I am happy they are moving to a... I don't know if happy is the right word, really, but I, I, I do think it is the right move to switch to, like, a battle pass kind of system where mm-hmm. instead of having to buy individual loot boxes, you just buy one thing at the start of the season and you work through it until until the season ends. Right. The, only, the, the thing that I'm not so happy about with that is I'm going to have to buy a battle pass every season when I could have just opted to... Well, I mean, you know, you don't have to buy the battle pass, just for clarification. Right. The battle but, pass does have free and premium yeah, tiers it, to it. Yeah. It works like basically any other battle pass that is out there today. Yeah. But if you were to go and play Overwatch 1 right now, if you got a free loot box from leveling up versus a loot box that you bought, you would have the same kind of chance to unlock the same things. 
Mm-hmm. That's I think that's where my that's where I separate from it a little bit is like in order to get the cool stuff, I now have to buy the battle pass. Whereas before I could have just leveled up and gotten a loot box. But even if you had the loot box, you didn't have the it wasn't guaranteed that you were gonna get the cool thing. It was like a no, look at the draw. Yeah, exactly. So like I, I in that sense it is better because like you can look at the battle pass before you buy it and say hey, like, I like these rewards. I'm going to buy the Battle Pass or I don't like them or, and I'm not going to. Right. Whereas in Overwatch 1 with loot boxes, it was just, I Luck guess I'll... Draw. Yeah, I guess I'll chance it and see if I get something. Right. So, and then there's the in-game store too to balance things out as well. So yeah. like, there, you're, you can guarantee there's going to be really cool stuff that is just like in the store and not part of the Battle Pass too. Yeah. So, I mean, like overall, with everything that they teased in like the game overview, I'm, I'm actually quite happy with it. I'm, I, I think they're taking Overwatch in a good direction. I think so too. I definitely think this is the the smart decision, the right decision to move to this type of yeah. model. I mean, if they didn't do battle pass, it would have been weird considering that like every first person shooter on the market, basically every free to play game essentially has a battle pass of some sort yeah. and all they're not doing loot boxes. They have the end game store and everything, you know, Fortnite changed the industry and they did forcing everyone to do this now. Yep. Like it's, it's our way or the highway. Um, for good reason for good reason here um it was a very good change so i do think it was great it's awesome that they're going to be releasing heroes uh seemingly more frequently than they ever have in the past which is always very great to hear as well um so i think this is all really a net positive for the game as a whole yeah now i want to get into the seasons uh and the way that they're going to be structuring seasons and specifically they kind of gave us a roadmap for the first three seasons of what we can expect in terms of dates and what should be coming with them. So seasons in Overwatch 2 are going to be nine weeks long. So that's two months and one week right there. Not that bad. Uh, Season one starts on October 4th and you get three new heroes. Sojourn, who we've seen already, Junker Queen, who we've seen already, and then a new support hero that will be revealed in the coming months. Then there's going to be six new maps in this first season. Uh, we specifically saw Midtown of Portugal when they said this, um, but maybe that new Canada map will be here. Maybe Rio, which they also showed during this mm-hmm. overview, will be part of that as well. Um, don't know. They're going to be adding Push as the new game mode for this season, season one. There's going to be 30 plus new skins, one new Mythic skin, which is uh, Mythic skins are basically a tier above Legendary skins, and they're going to be adding new mythic skins throughout um, the game's lifetime we even saw like concept art of one for genji it was like a cyberpunk demon type aesthetic looked pretty cool Mm. um and then there will be new cosmetics available through the battle pass and in-game store and weekly challenges as well that's just season one starting october 4th season two starts december 6th this season will bring a new tank hero a new map more skins a new mythic skin and a new battle pass and then this cadence will continue into 2023 for future seasons, which will all bring new heroes, maps, modes, skins, and PVE starts in 2023. I'm liking hmm. this plan that they have for seasons. The cadence that they want to do them in, what they want to release in each season, I'm liking this. Your thoughts, Karen, do you like this? That what their, their vision for seasons? I do. I, I, I think they're structured well. They're not trying to do too much in one season. They're not like, hey, we're going to give you a new hero, a new map, and a new mode all in one season. Yeah. Like, 
barring like the first two here like, yeah yeah like, yeah exactly which makes sense because like the game has been overwatch has kind of been dry and desperate for content like new heroes and stuff for a while so it makes sense yeah. that these first two things are like hey we're gonna push like four new heroes at you and a bunch of new maps and stuff like right off the jump so that way we yeah. kind of get off the ground running exactly so like i i like that they're not doing too much at once i what was i a way to say it's just gone out of my head oh my gosh how did it leave it um batman smack it back to him (laughs) hold the battering Um, help him remember in, in terms of the mythic skins i i mean so in events in overwatch just for those who might not be aware um, there isn't like a new skin for every hero. So like in like their summer event, they don't have a new skin for every hero. They will choose, I think it's typically between like, I'm going to say between six and nine heroes. I think it's usually six or something like that. Um, okay. That will like, that will get a like summer event skin or a Halloween event skin, something like that. And then they'll um, bring back old ones for the other characters for that event, right? Yeah, yeah. So then, so the the ones that will or the ones that are new, say for like a Halloween event 2022, they will be 3,000 gold if you want to just buy them. Whereas, but you can unlock them in loot boxes and then the older Halloween skins will will be 1,000 gold instead of 3,000. So like gotcha. for, you know, if, if they don't release a skin for a hero that you typically play, but they did what they did last year, you can go back and buy it for a discounted price. Um, and you can only unlock those skins whether you're buying them or through loot boxes during the event. Right. Got a little bit off topic. Um, so like w- one new mythic skin per s- or like per season, I think they said. Right? Yeah. Seemingly yeah. right now. It so like if if you play, I don't know, if you play Symmetra, right? Mm-hmm. And they decide, hey, we're gonna do a new Symmetra mythic skin in season 29. <laughs> You have to wait 29 seasons in order to get the mythic skin for that character. Whereas with the legendary skins they have for events right now, like I say, they usually do between six and nine heroes for a, for a new like legendary skin. So I, I like that they're including them. I like that they're, hey, they're saying, hey, like we have this awesome new skin for this character that like is above everything else. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I kind of wish they would do more than one per season. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe yeah, just maybe. like these first two, they're only doing one because they're trying to work on all this other stuff just to yeah, pump Overwatch exactly. two with a lot of content at the very beginning. Because um, I mean, like they're like once we get to twenty twenty three, we kind of don't know what season, no, exactly. how, what each season will have, like down to the nitty gritty. So it's very possible that some seasons they'll do more than one mythic skin because, like you <laughs> said, like when the game has what thirty plus characters or so at this point, maybe I think when the, the game has over two dozen heroes for a fact um like you're going to be waiting forever if it's only one mythic skin per season so like they're they will i would imagine they will definitely do like more than one mythic skin um at a certain point uh so in overwatch one right now there are 32 playable characters once you introduce the four by season two of overwatch two you're going to have 36 so that three dozen right there yeah, so that's that's three dozen characters they're gonna have to make at least one mythic skin for. So, like again, whether it be one per season or they move on to multiple per season, whatever. Um, so like again, 
if you play one of the heroes that isn't like necessarily as popular as the other ones, then you might be waiting a while for for a mythic skin for your hero. Yeah, which which hopefully will not be the case, and I'm sure that no. they will be getting feedback on that and responding to that um, in suit because I'm sure that's something that people are gonna be like, hey, not the best idea here. Um, I haven't checked Overwatch or Reddit or forums or anything like that to see people's yeah, thoughts right. on this event yet. I haven't gotten around to it. But um, that is something I want to do just to see like what the community's response is to all this, how they're feeling about these things and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, uh, sorry. I, just one last thing is like my, my again, my similar to like the game overview, the season overview, like my thoughts are kind of the same. It's like I'm overall, I'm very happy with it. There, yes. are, there are like a couple of things that I would like maybe change or nitpick at. But overall, I, I do think this is a positive thing. Same here, same here. Um, and I want to jump into, you know, I'm going to jump to the PVE stuff first, and then I'll come back to like, these other little details I have here. Uh, the PVE, they didn't say much, at least from what I saw in the two videos I saw. Maybe they said more in the, in the full stream. But um, PVE missions, they're saying that they're going to push the Overwatch story forward, and it's going to basically focus on getting the team back together. Uh, PVE missions will be released through the live service. So we'll be getting PVE missions you know with each subsequent season and all like that and there yep. will be de dedicated pve maps it can be played with friends which is cool and it just allows the team as they said to go deeper into the characters and the lore um i i'm excited at the potential of pve it just remains to be seen how well it actually delivers on telling a story with the characters and fleshing them out some more because i honestly think yep. like overwatch has very rich characters in a very rich world yeah. to really explore and they explore it through you know like through their comics that they put out and through their animated shorts and all like that like they explore it in other ways that's not in the game so i'm hoping that these pve missions allow them to that they take this opportunity to you know tell a good story and make us get invested and care about these characters in ways that you know, people who have been reading like the comics and everything, who have been really deep, deep into the lore already can get further into it. And those who haven't been deep into the lore can start to get deeper into the lore and start to actually be like, oh, this is why you guys have been going crazy about this reference or this line that this person says and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. I get it now. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm actually really excited for PvE. Um... It's, it's something that I've wanted in Overwatch for a while because, uh, again, going back to the events, they have, like, they have event PvE missions, like, yeah. where you, like, in those, you get a choice of, like, they have four preset characters you can choose from. So I think one was, like, one was Genji, Cassidy, uh, Mercy, and someone else, I can't remember. Um, huh. Um, and then you will just go through and do like whatever the mission is. But I'm I'm actually really excited for Overwatch 2 PVE because I think it is gonna do and it is gonna go a lot deeper into like the lore and world and characters of the game, which I'm really interested in in it in anyway, because I'm a big Overwatch fan. Yeah, it should be awesome. It should be cool, it should be a lot of fun. So uh I think that's the bigger unknown, just seeing how that actually yeah. plays out, as opposed to the PvP, which is kind of like a known thing. Although even that, since it's going to 5v5, it's kind of a bit more unknown. It's, it's all a matter of actually having to see how it's all executed on. But the potential yeah. is definitely there. And they also confirmed that, um, at least I believe they confirmed, that the one of the enemy groups that's been in past Overwatch events will play a factor in the story. I forgot the name of it. Hmm. You might know it. What It's like that the robot one, right? The Omnics? Um, 
yeah, I believe it said Omnix by Play of yeah. Factor um, in the PVE story for two. So that's cool for those who are like deep into the lore and everything. Did you have something yeah. to say? Because it looked like you did. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna add on that. Like, so I, um, I've I've been watching a, a, like a lot of gameplay that people have recorded from the first like beta that they had for Overwatch two, um, and overall, I I think the the majority of people are saying like, uh, I mean, obviously they have like gripes with it and stuff, but overall, it's been fairly positive. Yeah. Speaking of betas, the next beta is on June 28th. Um, Junker Queen will be available. A new map will be available. Um, you can sign up for it now. I tried signing up for it last night and got stuck in a loop of, okay, let me log into Battle.net. Battle mm. All right, I log in. Okay, it says to put in this code for security reasons. Cool, I put in the code. Sends me back to log in. All right, cool, let me log in. Put in the code. Put the code in, log in. <laughs> it ended up in a loop. I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I'm I'm done. I ended up getting a text like, "Hey, your account's been locked because of security reasons. <laughs> Go here to." Act. I'm just like, I don't even know how or why. I did everything correctly. This is so stupid. Yeah. But whatever. So maybe I'll try it another day. Um, is what it is. I, I I think I signed up for it because like you're and just for anyone who signed up for it, like it doesn't carry over between betas. You have to re-register for every beta. Mm. So. Um, I went on before we start recording today, and I think I registered for it, so we'll see. We'll see. All right, and we're going to wrap up the Overwatch conversation. Um, what these, these two little other little details that they gave us here, one of them being that items earned on any con any platform that you played on, whether it be console or PC, um, and, well, let me, let me actually rephrase this so I can make this a more clear, understandable um, statement. In Overwatch 2, regardless of what platform you play on, any items you earn can be used anywhere in Overwatch 2. Also, any items you earn in Overwatch 1 can also be used in Overwatch 2. So you don't have to worry about, I'm playing on Xbox and then I'm going to PC, your items will still carry over no matter where you played or what you played. That is very that, good. That's uh, that's good because I will die before I give up my Beaver skin. I don't know which one. It's the one where she's a B. I don't have it. I think I know which one you're talking about, but I don't have it. I love her um her summer skin. The summer skin's a nice one. Oh yeah. Like I the beach, the, like the beach yeah. looking one that she has. I love that one. I like it a lot. Um, but then I they also said this thing, and I wanted to ask you about it. They claimed that, like, because they were asked, oh, you know, other games are going to free to play and everything. Did this influence your decision to change Overwatch 2 to free to play? They claim that other games going free to play didn't influence the change for Overwatch 2. And that's more so about the community and maintaining the social element for the game. Now, I believe that is a factor, but I don't believe entirely that other games going to free to play did not influence Overwatch 2's change at all. I don't buy that. No, and, and neither do I, not for a second. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I think, I think that this is at least somewhat correct because Overwatch is a very community-driven game. Exactly, like, like I said, like I totally buy that. Yeah. Like, the, the, I mean, if you want any proof of that, just like the amount of money they put into the Overwatch League is insane. And that is, that is like one of the biggest gaming community events of the year. So I, I, I would argue that this is not, I mean, I wouldn't say mostly true, but it has some truth in it. But no, 100%, other games going free to play absolutely like had a big influence in this game going free to play. But, and also the fact that, I said that a lot of the feedback had been positive so far, but everyone is kind of the same, saying the same thing of like, it's just Overwatch 1 with a campaign and updated graphics. Uh -huh. So like, I, I I think they heard that 
and they were like, well, realistically, how many people are going to pay again? To Oh, I mean, obviously there would be a lot of people who would pay again to play Overwatch 2, but would you rather have, say, 75% of your community pay again to play essentially the same game or have 100% of your community plus all these new players come and play your game because it's free to play? Yeah. It's, it's silly. It, it was a silly. It was a silly thing to do. Yeah. So, you know, of course, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, that's why we did it on their own stream. Of course, yeah, they're exactly. not going to. If I was just like, I see through the BS, guys. I see through it. You don't have to lie to me. Nope. But overall, we're feeling good about Overwatch 2. Feeling yeah. good about it after this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited for Overwatch 2. I'm going to be hopping into that as soon as I can. Hopefully get into one of the BS. Yeah, me too. I want to get into a beta. I really want to. But if not, is what it is. I'll just wait till, you know, we get either another beta or the full release later this year. It is what it is at this yep. point. Now, we're going to shift over to Capcom's um, showcase real briefly. They had a 30-minute showcase, which I'm not going to lie. This didn't need to be a showcase. I think personally, because um, not much new was here. But overall, there were three highlights, three main highlight takeaways from this showcase. First up, Resident Evil Village. We we got our first look at DLC for this game. The first the DLC for it, story DLC, I should say, is called Shadows of Rose. As this trailer started, I was like, spoilers for everyone who never who never played the game. Because <laughs> major spoilers here. I'm gonna say it again. Major, yeah, major spoilers here. Not kind of, it is because this yeah. DLC takes place 16 years after the end of village. Um, and Rose is the main character. Who was Rose? Your daughter, who you were trying to get back at the end of Village, who you definitely got back. And then, if I'm correct, Ethan died at the end of the game, or it appeared he got shot. And it was like, oh, is he alive or is he not? He's definitely dead. Shadows of Rose makes that clear. He, she puts the yep. flowers at his grave. He's dead. Um, and she has these weird powers, and she wants to break free from the curse of these powers. So she enters this mysterious realm of consciousness that appears to be based on Castle Demetres because in the in the um, footage we see, she is in the castle. She's walking around it and everything. Um, and there's someone who looks like Rose too. That's not her, but it looks like her. They're, they're a weird, interesting character here. Um, this realm's version of the Duke is a villain. They can summon like enemies to attack you and all. There are words appearing in the environment from someone named Michael who might be able to help her. It's all very interesting. Um, you're someone who finished Village. Yep. What is your take on this? How excited are you for this? Um, I mean, I, I haven't watched it, so I, like I have. Oh, you didn't watch it? Yet. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm like, I like I saw it, and I'm like, hey, I'll go and watch that later because when I saw it, I was doing Reno at my grandfather's, uh, and then I just forgot to and didn't go back and watch it. But gotcha. Um, I don't own Village anymore, so I see. Like, and, and I. I am undecided whether I will go, whether I will buy Village again to play this. So if I do, I'll buy a pre-owned copy because it'll be of course. Um, but like, I mean, it it sounds interesting. Um, mm -hmm. like I, I really enjoyed Village. Um, again, like, I mean, my review never went up anywhere, but I gave it an eight. Um, so yeah, I'm, and I'm also really excited at the prospect of going back to Castle Demetresk because uh, that place is awesome. So yeah, I don't uh, know if you'd yeah. be able to explore like the surrounding village, but like the footage we saw, she was in the castle for sure. Yeah. So the castle is definitely an area. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm 
I'm undecided. I I think at this point I'm kind of leaning more towards yes, maybe not at launch, but at some point. Okay. Now, does the does the uh, potential of playing in third person excite you? Because this DLC is entirely in third person, mm. which is first for Village. You know, seven and eight, both mainline entries were first person games. This one, this DLC is third person. That I'm not so keen on. I, I, I do, I did like the, the first person aspect of Village. It doesn't entirely turn me off. Mm-hmm. Just not a huge fan of it. I mean, you played two the Resident Evil 2 remake, and that was third person. So yeah. is it just that you would prefer that the DLC for eight stay third per, first person? Yes. Okay, as opposed to it being, because it's not like you're opposed to third person gameplay. You just prefer no, stay. No, of course not. Yeah, like I, I would just like, I played Village in first person. So why can't I play the DLC in first person? Yeah. So maybe maybe there will be an option. And I mean, I don't think they I think they said it's only third person. I don't think they said there's an option to switch it to first person. So I'm pretty sure it's yeah. only third person. Um, but this does get into the fact that a third person mode is actually coming to the full game as well. So oh, okay. um, if you want to play the entire Resident Evil Village game in third person, you can. It's part of um the Winter's Expansion DLC bundle. Um, that's the only way you can play the game in third person. You have to get this bundle. Um, that comes with third person mode. It comes with the, Se- the Shadows of Rose DLC. And it also comes with a new content for mercenaries called Additional Orders, which lets you play as Chris Redfield, Heisenberg, or Lady D herself in mercenaries mode. And it's yes, funny. Please. And like when, like, you, the little bit of gameplay you see, like Chris, like he can punch someone and use guns. Heisenberg has like, I think he can like send one of his like metal creature machines out of enemies. And Lady D, one of the things that she can do is throw a freaking chair at enemies. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. And when you're Lady D, if you're like going into a new room, like she has to crouch down, like yeah. squat down to go through the doorway because she's so tall. It's funny. Um, but yeah, that bundle has all the new DLC and updates. There is going to be a gold edition of the game, which is basically like your version of any game that has all DLC included. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a, a version you can get as well. They also announced that the reverse multiplayer that's been long announced for such a long time, that will be, um, it'll be coming as well. All of this releasing on October 28th, later this year. So you have some time to decide if you want to get Village again to play this. I think, I imagine by then you will be like, yeah, I'll get it. Sure, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Like at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, also I imagine there will be like Steam sales and stuff in that time. So I might even just buy it again on PC if it gets cheap enough. There's that too. Who knows? Who knows? Wait, so wait, well, hmm. I was going to say, wait, you'd play the whole game again just to do the DLC, but I mean, I imagine the DLC will probably be like its own thing, like in yeah, the menu. Maybe. Like, hey, Shadows of Rose. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play Village again, sure. Okay, hey, you there. there you go. Maybe he'll play the whole yeah. game again in third person. And then when he gets to the DLC in third person, it won't be that weird. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we also got a new look at Exo Primal, the dinosaur horde type PvPVE game from Capcom, which this trip, the gameplay video that we saw, like just doubled down on the insanity and weirdness of this game. So the premise behind the story is that you're stuck on this island called Bikatoa Island because of this AI named Leviathan. This AI named Leviathan was created and works for this company called Ibius Corp. The AI Leviathan is forcing you to participate in war games to study you for this company. And you are forced to participate in these war games. But the story behind it all is that you're trying to find a way to defeat Leviathan, to leave the island. 
Okay. It is absolutely the most like just absurd thing ever that like, it's like, here is the most bare bones premise we need for a story for this game because we need <laughs> yeah. a storyline for this game. Do what you want. Here's, here's your backstory. Make it make some type of sense in the context and go from there. Um, yeah. What, what, you have something to say. I can see it. Uh, just this game exists. Like, I'm not playing this. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm not playing it either. But, uh, I mean, it looks like it'll be a fun time to, like, turn your brain off with friends and shoot a bunch yeah. of dinosaurs. Um, I'm not going to play it, though. They they showed off a bunch of different modes. Dino Survival, which is the main game mode. Uh, Dinosaur Coal, VTOL Defense, Data Key Security, Omega Charge, Energy Taker. Just a bunch of different modes. Uh, they showed off two of the exosuits that are in the game. And they announced that a closed network test is going to be held as well. There's no date for that test, but you can sign up to participate in the test. So if you are excited at Exoprimal, you know, go ahead. I might sign up just for the lulls and see how it is. Go ahead, do it. I, I, I'm not a lie. I consider it as well. I mean, I didn't do it yet, but I still might unless I forget about it. But it's a thing that's happening. The game looks like it'll be, like I said, it looks like it'll be a fun time. Just turn your brain off, play with friends and shoot a bunch of dinosaurs. Whatever happens, happens along yeah. the way. Speaking of hunting monsters, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak got a brief uh, section of this um, showcase as well. Basically, just kind of talking more about what we can expect from it. You know, it's coming June 30th. They said that a jungle locale is coming to the game. It's the first time we're getting one since the second generation of Monster Hunter games, apparently. Um, talked about some of the monsters coming, and they announced a demo. It's coming as well. It's a pretty substantial demo that lets you hunt Sunbreak nice. monsters in this jungle region, and it's available now. Uh, on PC and Switch. And this demo also supports multiplayer with no limit on how many times you can attempt quests. So that's awesome. For those who are nice. interested in playing it and getting it, go ahead and get this demo. Like I didn't list everything that's going to be in the demo, but it's a pretty substantial demo based on like what they were talking about. It's pretty cool. Um, and then they also announced like some free updates that are going to be coming to Sunbreak after releases. Um, one's coming in August, the next one is in the fall, then winter, and then another one in 2023. So a lot of cool stuff there for Monster Hunter fans. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've never played Monster Hunter. I've played like a demo of World. Um, either a demo or the beta of World. One of the two. And unfortunately, it came at a time where like my internet sucked. So I was like, this game is off the table for me entirely anyway. Mm. But whenever I see Monster Hunter Rise, I'm like, hmm, maybe you want to play it. Maybe you want to get into it. I yeah. Um, I, I've, I've played World quite a bit. I think I have. Been, well, I see, I see I have maybe like 50, 60 hours in that game, just like playing it uh -huh. with like playing it with friends when they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't hate it. It's just not really my kind of game, but I'm like with the, um, I, I may have the possibility to get Rise for free on PC. So I, Ooh. I like, I might do it, but I mean, it's like, it's in a selection of games that basically for the motherboard that I'm looking at getting for my, for my new computer, um it, it's like hey you have the selection of games you can choose from and rise is in it so i'm like i might i don't know like there, like there's a couple other games in there that i might also want to get so we'll see we will see indeed cool stuff though cool stuff from the showcases this week um and events and all oh sorry a lot of fun games coming our way speaking yeah. of fun games uh i wanted a spotlight of a couple more games that were if not announced this week, you know, has some stuff shown off for them this week mm. that might are, you know, might be flying under the radar for a lot of people. 
Um, I've got a list of eight games here. And of course, I will throw something up on the screen for each and every one of them. Uh, really cool games here, I think. The first one is Elsie. It is a, quote, neo-retro roguelike that is very bullet hell heavy. Uh, and I kind of like saw it as being somewhat reminiscent to Mega Man, kind of, sort of, um, like that type of action platforming um, aspect of the game and all. Um, it's very fast paced, very um, stylish, very cool. Um, I like the music in it. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is coming to Switch and Steam. So definitely keep this one on your radar if you are into games like this at all in any way, shape, or form. It looks very, very cool. Karen, you look like you're into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it for just now. This actually looks pretty cool. I might get this. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, then there is Navalis. Navalis is like a slice of life game in a cyberpunk setting. So uh, it's coming to PC. This game, you're like I said, you're in a cyberpunk setting. You you're like you you build up your own store and you go fishing and make your own home. But like you're kind of like building your own life, making your own life in a cyberpunk setting. And it has an interesting aesthetic where like the character models are like 3D kind of realistic models, but the world itself it looks kind of sort of pixelated it's like 3d pixely kind of look to it it's an interesting aesthetic but i really like it it looks really it looks like it's really cool really fun kind of like way to just like chill and vibe in a cyberpunk world in my eyes mm. that's what i think about that one um then there's agent 64 spies never die which is basically a modern day golden eye 007 <laughs> essentially <laughs> like change the name <laughs> Um, change, change the name and like the premise, but that's basically what it is. Like down to the art style, it looks like a modern version of an N64 game. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm liking what they're doing here. They're clearly inspired and homaging Goldeneye. It looks really cool. It looks fun. Um, and it, you can also make your own campaign missions in the game as well, which is really neat. I like that. Uh, so a demo is available on Steam as of right now. I don't know if this game is coming to any consoles. Uh, I don't think it's been announced yet, so... Kind of have to wait on that if you want to come to consoles, but it looks cool. It looks really cool. It looks really inspired. Next up, we have Demon School, which is a tactics RPG, uh, you know, where placement on the field matters during battle. Uh, and you have to balance school life as well, and you can form relationships with multiple different characters. Does this sound like a tactics RPG version of Persona? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, but I like I like the premise. I'm not a tactics, um, tactics RPG type of person. Those types of games don't really... They don't really interest me that much, um, but I still wanted to spotlight it and highlight it because I think the game does look really cool, whether it's from its visual aesthetic to the premise, it all seems very cool and interesting and exciting and it has potential. So um, keep your eye on this one if this interests you in any way, shape or form. It is coming to all platforms. So keep an eye on that one. Nice. Uh, System Shock, this isn't like a under the radar game. We've known about the System Shock remake for quite a while now. But uh, we just got a new trailer for it this week. Uh, it continues to look cool. It looks great. I never played the original System Shock, but um, I'm sure the people who did play the original are looking forward to this one. Might like the look of this and everything. Um, or people who might have been interested in System Shock because they played Bioshock and all will probably like the look of this and want to get into it or keep their eye on it. So keep an eye on it. I believe it's coming to all platforms as well. Uh, not Switch. Not Switch. Sorry, not Switch all other platforms aside yeah. from switch though so looks cool looks fun next up we have rotwood which is it's coming from clay these are the creators behind uh shank 
March Mark of the Ninja. Uh, I believe they made they made Don't Starve as well, if I'm correct. Um, so yeah, this is coming from them. It's a hack and slash roguelike dungeon crawler, one to four players. Uh, you can wish list it on Steam right now. It's gonna be entering early access at some point in time. The trail is real cheeky. It says 2024, and that changes to three, then changes to a question mark entirely. Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows when it's coming? Um, but I like it. I, it has like it's Clay's like signature art style, kind of sort of like you would expect from uh, Shank and Mark of the Ninja, kind of sort of. But it also reminded me a lot of Castle Crashers from like the animation style and the art style as well. I really like the look of this one. So I would say definitely want to keep your eye on, uh, especially if you like Clay's pre um, previous work. They're a great developer over there. So I would keep your eye on it. We got two more here. Second to last one is Cookie Cutter. This is an action-based Metroidvania with what I call a killer art style. Uh, I promise that's not a pun because in this game, you do a lot of killing. Uh, you're <laughs> playing as an Android trying to save the creator. It's coming to PC 2023. I think it looks really cool. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it, it just, it looks like a blast. It looks like a blast. Keep your eye on that game. I hope it comes to consoles um, in some way, shape or form next year too. And that it's not stuck to just PC. At least come to the Switch at the very least. Please come to Switch Cookie Cutter. Um, and our last game that I wanted to spotlight is called Beyond Sunset. It's a first person shooter that is clearly inspired by classic doom and wolfenstein like art style yeah. perspective um shooting action pace everything clearly inspired by them um it's set in a cyberpunk setting with rpg elements it looks fun if classic doom and wolfenstein sound like your type of bag then this is going to be right up your alley for sure i don't believe i saw any platform or release information um but it looks awesome it looks like it'll be a fun game so those are the eight games that I wanted to spotlight this week. Um, I think we'll probably do like this spotlight stuff another week or two. So I think there might still be a bit of like yeah. summer showcase type stuff happening. Um, so we'll see. But um, yeah, just want to spotlight these games. I think, there's, I think they're a cool batch of games here. Yeah. Now, with all that being said, we're going to move into, well, before we get to brief finishes, actually, of these here, the ones that you just checked out, Karen, um, which ones do you think you're definitely going to like, if not keep an eye on, like give a try for sure? Um, System Shock stood out. Um, like I, I, I haven't played, I'm like, you haven't played the original. I didn't, I didn't really know what this game was. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, hey, this looks kind of like Bioshocky. So, um, the Bioshock I'm, was inspired by System Shock. It's a spiritual oh. successor. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. Um, that looked interesting. I, I, I did like the look of Beyond Sunset. I thought that looked really cool. Um, same with which one was it? Elsie. Elsie, yes. Yeah, each of those they all look really cool. I was like, I've, I put all these here, so of course they all really interest me. But I think the ones I definitely want to play are Elsie for sure, um, Cookie Cutter definitely, Rodwood I'll probably play if it comes to consoles. I, I think I'd want to give that a try. Maybe System Shock as well. I think those are the ones that like really like caught my interest the most but still yeah. great batch of games here um everyone keep your eye on all of them now we're going to move on into our brief mentions uh we don't have too many here so we can get through them fairly quickly uh first up dragon's dogma 2 has finally been announced at long last i know all the dragon's dogma fans have been dying for this for so very long for 10 years in fact 
um, because this was announced during Dragon Dogma's 10th anniversary event that they had the same day at the exact same time as the Final Fantasy VII event. Crazy timing right there. <laughs> two, like, big, two, three big game announcements all happening at once. Absolutely wild. Um, but it's finally been announced. It's being made with the RE engine. Super cool. Um, that event was teased during the Capcom showcase. I just didn't put it in there with the Capcom showcase because it was just a tease of the event. What's yeah, up? that's uh, that's that's something I was gonna say. Is like, so I I tuned into the Capcom event event for thirty seconds, and the thirty seconds I tuned in for was basically Dragon's Dogma coming on saying, "Hey, we're gonna have a video releasing in the next however long." showing you like you know what and how dragon's dogma came to be or is and i'm just like okay why was that here that was see it was here to tease that they're going to be announcing it but like it was such a weird thing because i was just like it happened and i'm like i know everyone's been waiting for dragon's dogma too so it's like okay dragon's dogma all right they're gonna have an event what's this event for to talk about how and why the series is so popular i was like yeah that was like a ball buster right there kind of sort of it was, like, it was just so unnecessary but i mean it was it was necessary i would say for the, mm. their showcase again their showcase it went by like that doing that like dragon's dogma fans are going to watch the showcase and know they're going to see this here they're going to be like all right two is things two is happening they're doing too much with dragon's dogma too much teasing so like it it served its purpose and all it was very for someone who is not a dragon's dogma fan it seems very unnecessary for Dragon Dogma fans, that was like, okay, okay, okay. We, you're doing it for us. You're doing it. You're teasing uh, us more and more. Also, uh, one other like super random thing. I always, I always think this game is called Dragon's Doma, not Dragon's Dogma. You forget don't know the why. G. You just skip yeah. the G entirely. <laughs> don't know Interesting. why. Not sure why you do that either. Very weird. Um, Kojima and PlayStation. For I'm um, sorry. I wanted Kojima and I were putting everyone at ease. He still has a good relationship with PlayStation, although he's working with Xbox. I know many PlayStation fans out here were so mad and upset and making petitions, changed out or petitions for exactly cancel his Xbox game. But he still has a good relationship with PlayStation. You don't need to worry. He has not turned his back on them. He has not abandoned them. He still has a good relationship with PlayStation. Don't worry. Uh Apparently 1,846 people have signed the change.org petition to cancel the Kojima Xbox exclusive game. And uh, like I, I read this and I was just like, this has to be one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my life. Those like, 1,846 people need to go outside, touch grass and get a life. Like just the, just the description of Kojima is betraying his loyal fans. He has been blinded <laughs> by greed. We must help him come back to the winning side. Not every, like this part I actually agree with. Not everyone has good enough internet to stream games. Not everyone has enough money to buy a new console or build a PC. And then it just says, please, Kojima, don't leave us. And I'm just like, come he on, dude, really? Did by greed. Yeah. He is back to the winning side. Yep. Like, get away from you, honestly, come on. Like I said, go outside, touch grass, and get a life. It's not that serious, guys. Not that serious at all dear lord the fact that he even had to make the statement on twitter is like in a, just a bad enough that's bad enough wow. um continuing the weird saga with the persona stuff persona 3 4 and 5 were announced to be coming to steam and ps4 and ps5 but they're still not coming to switch <laughs> don't know why of course not 
And what's weird about this is that Persona 5 is getting the PS5 version, but I think 3 and 4 are just PS4 versions. Hmm. The What is the logic, rhyme, or reason behind any of it? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. But PlayStation owners, you will be able to play Persona 3 and 4. Switch owners, you're still left in the dark for some unknown <laughs> reason. It doesn't make sense at all to me. Yeah. Um, Forza Motorsport, we got a little bit of an update on that. I think during the show, the, like the Xbox so. extended thing, I'm not sure if this was there or not, um, but it will feature a full day-night cycle for tracks and varying types of weather. And real-time ray tracing will also be in effect. So while you are racing, the game will be featuring ray tracing. Like it will be enabled during races. Um, yeah. Cool, cool little thing right there. Now, everyone's been wondering when a Nintendo Direct is going to be happening. Is it going to be happening today, tomorrow? Did it happen already? When is Nintendo holding their Direct? Um, according to Alana Pierce, apparently it's happening on June 29th. She kind of mentioned this on stream. Uh, and this comment was corroborated by VGC. VGC corroborated this with their own sources. So Nintendo fans maybe put a question mark on June 29th. <laughs> as a maybe for a Nintendo Direct until we hear from Nintendo officially? We'll hmm. see. Um, I, I saw someone, I think it was Twitter, um, and it was like, happy fifth birthday to this logo, and it was Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> Hopefully it appears this Direct. I, yeah. I hope it does, man. Uh, Infinity Ward is seemingly hiring for an open-world RPG at their studio in Poland, and this was spotted by Charlie Intel. Um this goes into what we talked about a few months ago with the with Activision Blizzard acquired being acquired by Microsoft and like oh yeah. maybe the Call of Duty teams doing their own like doing their own new projects and I remember we had talked about like oh who would be like the first to bounce out and I don't remember if it was you who said it first but I know I definitely said that I think Infinity Ward would be the soonest to do it because Treyarch would be in pre-production on their next project already. Sledgehammer yeah. could stay on or Sledgehammer could do their own thing depending on what they want to do. But Infinity War, since their game is coming out now and their next one will be the farthest out in the cycle, yep. they would be able to do a new project. So an open world RPG from Infinity War, I, I'd be excited at the possibility of that, the prospect. Yeah, so would I. I wonder what they do. Um, so there's an Assassin's Creed event coming this September and it's so weird because they had an event this week to announce this event in September. <laughs> um, the September event will reveal the future of the franchise though. So you can imagine that's probably what we'll hear about Assassin's Creed Affinity in some way, shape or form. Yep. Um, there is going to be an ID at Xbox Summer Game Fest demo event from June 21st to June 27th that allows players to download demos from more than 30 unreleased games. Uh, so far, four have been announced, those being Batora, Lost Haven, Broken Pieces, Severed Steel, and Tiny Ken. Uh, I definitely want to try the demo for Batora and Severed Steel. They look awesome. Uh, the full list will be announced, I'm sure, like either the day of or like the day before. So keep yeah, an eye on probably. that. Now we get into a bit of some tough things here. First up, 343 was in hot water because they added a new cosmetic um, palette color, a new nameplate cosmetic palette to celebrate Juneteenth, except it was called Bonobo. Here's the problem with that. Bonobo is the name of an endangered species of green apes. So, given the fact that Juneteenth is meant to celebrate like the emancipation of slaves in the U.S. and the racial history of comparing African Americans to monkeys slash apes, of course, many were like, "Why and how did this happen?" 
three for three apologized. The nameplate was renamed to Freedom. And I believe the, like, they, of course, they were like, no, we're sorry, this shouldn't have happened. It was a great mistake and all. And I believe that, like, people, some people are kind of like saying maybe this happened because they have an internal tool set that is called Bonobo. So whoever yeah. named it might have just put that name there as like a, as like a temporary thing or something or just thrown it on there. And it went live. It was like never got past QA. Some it got it got past QA somehow, some way. There, there's many questions as to how as to how this happened. It shouldn't have happened. It's been fixed. And I saw uh I think it was Kotaku or someone somewhere said uh this is the fa- of course this is the fastest three for three thought out an update for Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah. This is the fastest they've ever thought out a fix for that game. <laughs> Very funny, very, very funny. Hmm. Not funny what happened, but the no, joke of course itself not. was funny. Um, now, over at Activision Blizzard, um, an internal committee. Now, these next two brief mentions, they come from Rebecca Valentine over at IGS. She did like the, the digging and reporting on this. An internal committee at Activision completed its, an investigation, its own investigation of itself, of whether or not senior executives at the company knew and ignored any claims of gender harassment. And they found no evidence. They cleared themselves. What a shock. They cleared themselves of all wrongdoings. Oh my God. Thank you for that internal committee, Activision. Thank you for investigating yourselves yeah. and finding that you or yourself did nothing wrong. That's that's like me standing next to a dead body and the police go, Did you do it? And I'm like, No. <laughs> I did nothing. There are no cameras here to say otherwise. You have <laughs> you to take my word. Anything hides murder weapon. <laughs> Nothing happened by my hands, not at all. <laughs> Quick, burn, burn the books, burn the books. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So come on, Activision Blizzard. Um, yeah. But th- there's a bright side, I guess, to the to some Activision Blizzard stuff is that Microsoft will be taking a neutral approach. Quote neutral approach. In regards to future Activision Blizzard unions, uh, they made an agreement with the Communication Workers of America, CWA, uh, and the company will seemingly allow employees to talk about unions and the employees won't partake in strikes or anything that disrupts work. That's kind of like that's kind of like what their the wording of their agreement kind of like implies or seems makes it seem like the approach is going to be. So yeah. that's a good thing right there. That's a good thing. Yeah. Kind of shows that they're open to you know these discussions and all like that. It's good. Those are all of our brief mentions this week. Not too many. Some details for some of them, but not too many at all. Not, not, a, whole, not a whole lot. It's a far cry from like the usual like dozen or so that we end up having. More yeah. than a dozen sometimes. So. Yay, we got through them. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this episode up with what we've been playing this week. Um, Karen, you got one game. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you want to say about Fortnite this week? Um, just that I, uh, I'm still playing Fortnite, still enjoying it. Uh, there is one thing I have not liked, which is, uh, people who have been cheesing me in the game. Like there, uh, there was one where like we were both riding the backs of warthogs, um, like the animal, not the halo vehicle. And, uh, like this guy went into a bush and hid and just like scatter sprayed out and killed me. And you gotta adopt the strategy. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You know, can't beat them, join them. Hop in the bush yeah. and just. 
Yeah, exactly. I will. I, I will become that which I hate. <laughs> exactly. But cool. I'm happy you're still enjoying. It. I'm happy you still have fun with it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm about past level fifty three now. Okay, so you didn't go up too much more from where you were no. last week. Okay, nice. Um, this week I finished remake. Finished seven remake and then the UP DLC. So like I finished it like a day or two before the event. So it's perfect timing. And after the event, I was like, all right, you already deleted it. Do you want to reinstall it again and start over? <laughs> I was like, no, you don't want to do that. You have other games you want to play. Yeah. Uh, but seven remakes, still an amazing game. And then Kirby and the Forgotten Land finally arrived. Finally arrived this week. Yay. So I, I started playing that a bit. Um, I played, I think like two hours, hour and a half, two hours the other night. Um, I just did the first area, like the first, the first area that you have unlocked in the game. Uh, so if you've played the demo, you like, I played up to that first boss that you beat in the demo. Um, and the full game has like maybe two more main platforming levels than the demo does. And it has <laughs> um, these treasure road levels, which are basically like challenge levels where you're timed, you have to beat them in under a certain time. And you're tasked with like, you have to get to the end of the road and you it's basically a test of your skill with an ability. So mm. like if you have the bomb one, it's like you have to be like basically throw bombs at enemies and like to clear out an enemy, you have to clear out a section and then you step on a portal to take you to the next area. That's how they kind of all the treasure road levels are. Okay. And they're just cool. They're just like fun tests of skill essentially. And if you beat them, you have to beat them under like before time runs out. But if you beat them under a set target time, you get like an extra 50 um, star coins. So nice. it's cool. It's been fun. Um, I have my Waddle D town. So, you know, I've, I have the Waddle D town. I'm able to um, upgrade some of my uh, abilities that I have. You can make them stronger. So I've upgraded two of them. I upgraded the fire one. So now I shoot out like molten lava rocks when I shoot fire <laughs> out. And I upgraded the... Um, the cutter one so now it's a chakram cutter so instead of just like a boomerang they're like chakrams instead so okay. i throw them and all and they're so much stronger it's cool only played a little bit i've unlocked the next section which is like and from the map the overall map looks like it's gonna be like a beach theme for this next set of levels and all so i'm looking forward to it definitely gonna be playing that some more this coming week um i just didn't play too much uh this week at all so should be fun i don't know how long the game is don't know how um, how soon I'll finish it, but I imagine if I play a bunch this coming week, then I could have it done theoretically by the next time we record. Depends on how much I play and all. Yeah. It's a fun game. I, it's just as fun as I knew it was going to be when I played that demo. So I'm happy I'm enjoying it. I'm happy it's living up to um, the expectations that I had for it. Nice. That's it, though. That's all I've been playing this week. That's all we've been playing. That is going to be it for episode 63 of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening to the show. Remember, check out our site, playtowingames.wordpress.com, home for all of our content. You could check out um, our written reviews, our review policy. If you want to see about us information over there, um, you can do that too. It's a, it's a cool place, so go ahead, check it out. Um, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at playtowingame. Uh, you can follow us over there for updates on the show, but you could also chat with us over there. Hit us up over there. Talk with us about um, yeah. you know all things gaming. Let us know how excited you are about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Are you more or less excited for Starfield a week after its reveal? Are you hyped for Overwatch 2 and Crisis Core Reunion? Let us know your thoughts on all these things. 
uh, everything we talked about this week. Um, you could also do that down in the comment section of the video here on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, yep. let us know down there. Like, comment, and share the video if you are on YouTube. Also, subscribe and turn on the notification bell on YouTube and subscribe on podcast services as well and leave us those lovely five-star reviews on podcast services. All of that is very much appreciated and it greatly helps us out. So thank you all so very much for doing all those things. Karen, yep. where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. Post stuff. He posts stuff and things. Yeah, I post stuff, things, you know. <laughs> you can follow me over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496, uh, where I kind of went on a rant yesterday about Drake <laughs> and I his new that. album. Uh, needs to step it up. He needs to step his game up. It's terrible. Uh, that album's not terrible, but it's like he needs to step it up. Um, but aside from ranting about Drake every now and then, uh, you know, I tweet about games, music, and anime and uh, other shows and stuff I might be watching. I try not to tweet about like certain shows I'm watching because of Twitter algorithm. I tweet about it once and then just pushes me stuff about that all the time. So like I haven't tweeted about Obi-Wan or Miss Marvel because I don't watch those. I don't like I tweeted about Mar Miss Marvel once. I think Obi-Wan maybe once but I haven't watched the latest episodes. So like, I don't want to tweet about them. And then it's just like, hey, spoilers, spoilers, because yeah. you didn't watch the next episode right away. So that's how I am with certain shows and stuff and everything. But I tweet about this stuff. I tweet about fun things. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying both of those shows quite a lot. They are fun shows. They're really good shows. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening to the Play to Win podcast. We will talk with you all next time. Have a great one. See you later.